0: Hey everybody, it's Rick. This is just a quick editor note to say the audio on this podcast isn't the best we've ever done. For some reason, it's a little bit echoey. We actually recorded it at Guy's house. We've never recorded in that room before. It's not the best. However, you should still be able to listen to it we had some helping hand from a follower called sam McIntosh. so big shout out to sam who actually edited this um to get it to the level it's at it was much worse so he's managed to improve it either way it's a really good podcast we didn't want to record it again because i think the information we're saying it is so good we'll be back next week with better audio again but apart from that sit back enjoy the podcast and this is episode, I think, 37 now of the Rick Shields Golf Show Podcast. Enjoy. So welcome back to the Rick Shields Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields, and I'm here with producer Guy. And we're actually in a new location today uh, because I'm having some work done at the house. We're actually here at Guy's house. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, you kept your shoes on. It's is the first unwritten rule of
1: anyone's house. You bounced in with your Nike Max Golf shoes on. That would care in the world,
0: but I'll let you off. I did ask and you said it's fine, I but I must admit we've come onto a rug now. We're in a nice little orangery. Um, hopefully the sound is good. Hope everyone's doing well. We've got an action-packed podcast coming your way. Um, we've got loads of great stories. We've got loads of great questions and loads of more information. We had a fun day yesterday. How good was it filming with Leo? Leo
1: Boniface. Mark my words, has the potential to be
0: a total player. Yeah, he was unbelievable. So, give you a bit of a backstory. Uh, Leo is a seven year old from um, south of London, and he has somewhat blown up in the last six months over on Instagram. Uh, he does tricks with his dad, he plays golf, he does loads of hole outs, um, absolutely loves his his golf in fact he loves his golf so much on the side of his golf ball it actually says Leo Boniface loves golf and Boniface I don't think I've seen golf. that many people in my life that loves golf that much
1: <laughs> we, we met him yesterday morning um, was it about half past nine yeah. and had a full pume outfit on but the weird thing is for children, when they're dressed in golf gear, they look like just shrunken adults, don't they? Because it's all that proportion, He got the hat on, he's got a polo shirt tucked into his pants, his belt went round his waist, I think, two or three times, two and a half times, so it could fit in. Um, and obviously, like like you, had seen him on Instagram and I'd seen what he could do. And, and trick shots impress me when anyone does them. But there's also that thing where you almost think, well, it's good, but you've done it a hundred times to so get the one perfect shot. But in real life, I honestly couldn't believe how good he actually is. He was lobbing it over your head literally every single time with no fear. His only badge shot he would hit was a little bit heavy, but still it would go over your
0: head by a mile. So that gives you a little teaser into the video that we filmed with him. So we filmed the video to come into YouTube and Facebook very soon. In fact, maybe this week because uh, actually we're a bit low on content at the moment so it's coming out this week That's in edit at the moment and the, the premise of the story I invited him to Manchester to come play some golf to make a cool video, to have a little challenge but also to try some of these tricks and like I said, I'll be honest right now there is not many people on the planet that I would trust within 10 minutes of meeting them to be hitting golf balls over my head real golf balls as wow. well real golf balls <laughs> and he's 7 foot He's four, probably four foot tall, oh, sorry, seven foot, <laughs> seven year old, probably four foot tall and six foot and he was just literally with his 56 degree cut down wedge, opening the face up to, to flat as a pancake, swinging full speed and wait till you see the video how close I ended up standing to him and he was still comfortably Easily. hitting it over my head. And also, to put his golfing ability into some perspective, we don't want to
1: ruin the video too much, but it should be out in the next couple of days anyway. Maybe when you listen to this podcast, it actually already is out, depending on when you listen to it, obviously. But he is seven years old, as Rick said. He's a 19 handicapper. And honestly, now, and this isn't just... I know it's easy sometimes with children to kind of big up their ability or to make them feel good, but truthfully now, he would beat
0: 95% of golf club members in a chipping comp. No questions asked. He is
1: genuinely
0: that good. Yeah, and even out on the golf course, yeah, he is unbelievable at chipping. Actually, we went out on the golf course and played some holes. And sometimes you think, okay, 19 handicap, but how short's the golf course that you're playing off? He played off the red tees, granted, obviously the forward tees, and he absolutely killed it. I mean, we had a little challenge match. He really impressed me. And the last hole that we did as well, you have to wait to watch this. We actually swapped golf clubs so mm-hmm. me and him swapped golf clubs i used his little tiny ones which were actually really cool and he used my full-sized uh, golf clubs and he absolutely loved it he's obsessed with two things two things that we resonate with massively <laughs> massively the first one is flop shots flop shots he loves hitting flop shots which again as any kid growing up playing golf that was the one shot you just obsessed with. What? what upset? Why is
1: that? I think it's because you can you can be creative. And once you know have to do it, it's quite easy. We get the result is almost like jaw Staggering. But the only thing that worried me and upset me yesterday is when you were filming with him, I had a few, few mess abouts with his club and then with your own club. My lob shot ability, my confidence has massively dropped. Oh. Watching him yesterday, because I've never been a junior and people saying to me like, oh, you juniors have no fear and all this stuff. And I didn't really understand what they meant. Now I'm touching 30 and I'm watching a seven-year-old child lobbing it over your head from several feet away with ease shot after
0: shot after shot. He literally had no fear. Zero fear. What's his second thing that he loves? And again, I massively resonate with this. As a junior golfer growing up, this was something I was obsessed with. And I still am now, if I'm honest. The old PS <laughs> Backspin. I mean, he is obsessed. If he asked me... Once he asked me a thousand times yesterday, "How do I get backspin? Get some backspin for me." (laughs) And he he was five yards off the green and asking me, "How do I get it to spin backwards?" It's like, yeah, uh, it's actually impossible. As good as
1: his golfing ability is, and as good as he's going to get, I don't think he's quite old enough to comprehend that you're not going to get backspin from a
0: four-yard, five-yard chip just yet. No, but I respect, I respect what he's trying to do and, like, say, really cool. His dad's amazed. How cool is his dad? Well, that's what I was going to say, actually.
1: Annoying, well, not annoyingly, but because we were so busy yesterday we didn't get a chance to speak to his dad after the filming, but I think a podcast with his dad in the future would be really good because Leo's not quite old enough yet. Although he's got great charisma and he can really chat to grown-ups, but he's not quite old enough maybe to do a podcast just yet. But his dad and his story of how he wants to improve his son and I I kind of picked his brains a little bit about how do you balance he's not a pushy parent probably so in any way shape or form but how do you balance encouragement with not getting too invested when he hits a bad shot on stuff and he seems really balanced his dad really switched on bloke so I think that could be a podcast maybe in a couple of months to catch up with Lester his father see how he's getting out on the trials and the tribulations and all that of having a potentially a prodigy on your
0: hands really I think if we did it by the side of a putting green and chipping green Leo would be occupied yeah. for an hour and a half and we could pick the brains of Leicester but yeah he was he was amazing um, and like I say I think what I respected again he was asking me us as many questions as we were ha- asking him mm-hmm. about how he's managing it because at the moment it's still new to him he doesn't know quite how to manage it he's doing his best I, I saw a few things that I really respected yesterday he lets Leo pick his own clubs Yeah, um, you know if he's got a shot he'll say to Leo right how far are you? Fifty yards. What club do you want to hit? And Leo chooses the clubs, yeah. and Lester sometimes knows it's the wrong club, but still lets him hit it because he wants to make his. He wants Leo to make his own mistakes, which I think is amazing. Again, a lot of parents could learn a, a lot from that. Um, I've been around pushy parents in golf. I've been around when I used to coach junior golfers, and the parents would literally be like. On the shoulder, on the kid's shoulder, it was too intense, and the kids just didn't enjoy it. Often, I used to say to the parents, "Go and get a coffee, go away, yeah, like just leave day. me, leave me with him. Let me have fun with him. Let me, let me get him to play better golf and enjoy it, as opposed to you being on shoulder." There's a, f- there's a few examples
1: were I think Pushy parents have been successful Tiger and Earl Woods is the obvious one I think you've also got um, Serena and Venus Williams his father I think was notoriously quite pushy and another one a bit of a different industry but I think Beyonce the singer her father was quite like that So it, it Hamilton can't... was Hamilton's I, well, I'm not sure I, I feel like really the same... yeah. but I think his dad was a driver Yeah. but does that balance I think it, you, if you had a seven year old with that ability it would be hard not to get super excited but and it sounds—I can't imagine this. Seeing Leo and how positive he is with his golf, how much he loves it. But he could, at the age of ten, just fall in love with it. It's yeah. possible. But what baffled me last night when I got home, I was thinking to myself: He's that good now. He's a 19 handicapper from the forward tees. Put him on the back, because I think he could still comfortably be off. 28 so I don't know do you reckon he could break 100 I think he could I do um, so he's, he's he's and he's 7 he's not a big 7 not some big tall no, no. normal sized 7 year
0: old hits his driver maybe 150 yards well, just once it it's rolled out it's at
1: 150 and it's his 3 wood at 130 so if he hits driver 3 with 3 wood. he can get
0: to a hole it's 410 yards 2 putts which he will do every time he's got a bogey let oh. me blow everybody's mind listening he can also hit fades and draws he can hit fades and I saw him hit a fade <laughs> he had this little hybrid into the green I think you were way were you off The I was off I was slightly were, to the right of, of his shot you were almost up I behind him I was behind him and I and his feet
1: really opened to target which I didn't obviously think much of because he just hit the shot when me, a young kid and then he hit this like quite semi-bullet but faded three-wood and I thought that's literally followed the exact line of the fur he left this bunker faded it round I thought surely he's not done that intentionally on well, the next hole, he said oh yeah I can play draws and fades I faded that last one I was like and his dad said oh, I'm not sure if i quite believing me I said to his dad truthfully I watched him on that hole hit a fade <laughs> feet left of target club base a little bit closer to target and he kind of cut across it and he faded it perfectly it was a textbook fade his dad was like oh I oh, did it he? but he's got 10 years before he's even 17 and I actually if he plays this much in the next 10 years how
0: good he would be at 17 again yeah. without any pressure on him but he's a potential star there is and and what's crazy he went to the world championships last year which by the way i didn't realize how much that, that cost bless like so much cost goes into it behind the scenes um he's not the best there like there are better kids which again just blows my mind like it i think part i think yeah at that age seven year old and like you know i know there's this clips of like charlie woods so ty yeah. woods son who's 11 who looks pretty awesome by the way Obviously, it's that's Tiger it's going to be. Um, it's it's continuing that motivation, that excitement, that energy into, like you say, the teens and the when they get to 15, 16, when they start to play, prof, you know, not professional, but serious amateur tournaments. Are they still going to love it as much as they do now, flopping the shot around the putting green? Yeah. I just don't want that's a shame that that element sometimes gets lost. The fun, just like, yeah. Yeah, the fun. I'd actually love to see. I mean, does it, though? Because I bet Tiger and Phil and all those guys... It's funny if you win yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it. Yeah, of course. making lots of money. Like, do they just want to stand there a, a putting green and chipping green and just fl- hit flop shots and backspins all day? Sorry,
1: I thought that... I was
0: looking outside
1: then because the window cleaner was here so I didn't want to have to stop the podcast, <laughs> but I don't think it was. No, I don't know. I think as you... I can't imagine Tiger would have necessarily the same fun that Leo just playing lob shots. But I bet, when, <laughs> when, but when you are so good at golf, like a Tiger or something, it would be fun to practice. Um, sorry, the mic's a bit dodgy today. Nick's might be making a noise It would still be fun to practice so much because if you are that good at golf,
0: surely hitting golf balls is more fun than when you're rubbish. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. So yeah, <laughs> that's my wisdom for the day. <laughs> hitting better shots is more fun. Um, so yeah keep an eye out for that for Leo make sure you follow on on Instagram I posted yesterday and he gained over a thousand new followers including Paul Scholes holiday and it's just funny Paul Scholes was down at the golf club yesterday and Leicester his dad was a massive United fan and uh, he wanted a picture and Leo got a picture and Leo said to me later who was that that he had no idea that he just had a picture with one of the greatest England footballers ever to live Um, but yeah that that was fun Um, speaking of Instagram though Rick Leo Boniface is now clearly
1: my favourite Instagram account to follow.
0: Who's your second? My
1: second is Rick Shields PGA. Who's your third? <laughs> my third, and arguably on the rise, my, my third favourite, but could comfortably become my first favourite in the next week or so,
0: is actually the Rick Shields Golf Show. There you go. So make sure you give it a follow. We're still posting more on there. Um We've picked the listener of the week from somebody who shared the story today. We have indeed. So I'll let you move into that when you when you feel you're ready to do so. We'll, we'll leave the people waiting for that. We know it's one of the best segments of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but right.
1: What we have got a regular segment. We have actually got. I don't think today's episode will be as good as John Robbins last week because that went
0: down well. That was really so, good. Oh, by the way, we need to fill everyone in. The, the controversy. Oh, okay, I'll let you after do that. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to enjoy. Okay, talking Okay, we'll about do that in a little story. bit.
1: Um, so th- that last week, I would say on Reflection, was a solid 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I
0: agree.
1: John adds that little bit of spice, that little bit of relatability. Bit of humour. Bit of humour. Um, he talks well. And listening back to the podcast, he sounds better than certainly I do on the podcast. But he is a, a broadcaster. so <laughs> He's a radio you know, host. Give me five years, John Robbins. I'm better <laughs> than you. Um, but today's episode is more of a casual one. Chilling out. We've both got a bottle of water. I asked Rick "Did he want room temperature or chilled yeah, with I'm room temperature. Um, but we have got loads of emails, loads of good Facebook questions as well, which I sent them to Rick last night so we can get swatted up and come at you with his most articulated answer. <laughs> but first, it's time for a good Nightmare Golf shot, an NGS. Go for it. So, I had a little look last night, and actually, recently, we've been getting loads and loads and loads. That was... Think three loads is of emails which is absolutely class we do love getting emails we do try and reply to so as many as we can but it is obviously difficult but please send them in because we might not let's read it out for three four five weeks but we always need the content there so this one is just called nightmare golf the title was and it's from martin dudley it's a high guy and rick so straight away i was thinking i like Martin dudley <laughs> um i'm a few episodes behind on the podcast but catching up fairly quickly but i need to share my nightmare golf shot slash hole as it happened a few years ago, and I always remember it as one of my worst holes ever. So straight away you're thinking, I'm in. Mean, that's how you get my attention. He's put Guy and Rick, massive tick, and he's got a little opening paragraph that's getting it has got my juices flowing. So last night <laughs> when I was doing a bit of uh, producing, as I should do for the podcast, I was uh, lay on the bed, scrolling on the phone, and I was looking at this one, thinking this should be a good one, so let me continue. I was playing in a medal at my local golf course, and it was going really well. I was two under my handicap at the seventeen. Now, stood on the 18th tee, it was a drivable par four at about 280 yards, out of bounds, all down the left, and all deep rough to the right. That's I've been hitting my driver really well all day, I thought this was the best opportunity to go for a birdie. So I was thinking, that's a good shout because it's very easy in that situation to go, right, I'm playing well, I'm two under my handicap, I'm going to hit a 5 and tee. But actually, if you've been hitting your driver well, it's the best club in your bag. Exactly. You use it. So I think that's. It hit the club you're comfortable with. I respected with. that. Um, I feel like it's going to bite him in the. You, you, you know these stories too well rick step up on the tee and then all of a sudden out of nowhere a snap hook straight out of bounds ouch yes so i walk back to my uh, bag to read tea. snap hook again out of bounds i understand why you've picked this story <laughs> yeah, it's so relatable to me <laughs> it pains me to read it so i repeat the process and another ball out so like you've sent him a bunch of flowers <laughs> <laughs> i know how you feel mate. <laughs> Bang! Snap hook again. So now I'm on the tee to take my seventh shot. Ouch! So as that wasn't working, I took out my five iron. So now he's gone for the five iron route, which I understand, just to put it on the fairway. Hit the ball so clean, it flew down the middle of the fairway. But in the process, the club head snapped, and then went as far as the ball. Oh my god! So things aren't going bad, and I went bad to work. I feel like this this is somewhat karma for you. <laughs> what's he done wrong that day. <laughs> then. Actually, proceed, take my eighth shot. I thinned it so bad for 90 yards, it went over the clubhouse and out of bounds. At this point, with people in the clubhouse watching, I just wanted to walk off and go home. But I carried on and dropped the ball for my tenth shot to so then I fat it, the greenside bunker, up against the lip. Then I try and hit it out of the bunker, to which it hits the lip and stays in. So now I'm hitting my 12th shot. Finally managed to put it on the green, but about 20 foot away. At this point, my fellow playing class didn't know whether to laugh at the situation or cry. I rolled my putt about five foot past the hole and then ended up with a 14 on the last hole after having an incredible 17 holes prior. I was more annoyed about my club snapping than getting a 14 as I hit it really well. It was a great shot. I learned the lesson in future competitions and instead of going for glory, just put an iron down the fairway.
0: Literally. Literally an iron down the fairway <sighs> the oh, isn't, golf bloody annoying the, the, the only slight positive is if it was well if it's
1: Stableford he still would have had 36 points yeah yeah he would have played well and even for his handicap I imagine he would have got Stableford adjustments so he wouldn't have gone up 0.1 now I'm clutching at straws there I'm saying that's the positives <laughs> 14 on the last hole I
0: love that oh it's just me <laughs> it i, I how would you guide like I don't know I don't think he did anything wrong there, as you mentioned, he's hit, he's hit driver great all day, yeah. he stood on the eighteenth hole, he wants to hit driver, he wants to capitalise on his on his confidence, etc. He's hit three snap hooks, which is nothing like what he's hit all day. He's hit it five iron, the the head snapped. <laughs> oh God. And that, then like so he gets in the bunker and comes off with a fourteen. Yeah. So yeah,
1: like you said, I mean, from a card, I would be interested to hear my opinion would be as I said, hit driver because you're hitting it well all
0: day. But as a coach, what do you do? Do you do the right thing? Yeah, now? I do. Honestly, I, I genuinely believe you should hit the club you're confident with. Mm-hmm. If he's hit driver well all day, he would have kicked himself if he'd taken out a four iron or a five iron that he might not have hit that much all day and hit it badly.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, and also, if you're having a good round together, you might want to capitalise on it. You might want to shoot the best round you've ever had, you know. Um, so I, I, massive, I don't think you've done anything wrong there. Obviously, there's some either demons in his head or he's not gone through his pre-shot routine or he stood over the ball thinking of, of other factors rather than just putting it into play. He might have been thinking about writing his winner's speech, driving home at night, telling the missus that he shot his best round ever, cracking open the champagne, writing his winner's speech, getting ready to to go to trophy night and picking up his trophy, thinking he might need a new tux and it might make look <laughs> the local newspaper... A lot of that might be going through his head instead of actually going, right, what's been my process all day? Well, I've had three practice swings, I've visualized my shot, I've hit this, whatever, I've teed it up this high, I've used my lucky tee. You know, a a process, it sounds like that might have collapsed on him a little bit because it happened three times in a row or there's just massive fundamental mistakes in his golf swing there and they've actually just reared their ugly head when he least wanted them to uh, to appear. On the plus side, he's got his email read out on UK's number one golf podcast. Well, there you go. So. If that's not consolation, I don't know what it is. And like I say, uh, send your address and Guy will send you some uh, some flowers. <laughs> it's like, as just a, a a fellow snap hooker to another one.
1: Yes. There was two was in this orange ring. Should we fire you through some of these Facebook questions? Drew? I'm actually going to take my shoes off though. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as always if I read the person's first name and surname out it's because I feel confident reading the surname if I just say the first name it's because I'm um, can't quite read it but the first one Rick was from Matt Herman what do you guys carry in the bag I don't mean club wise but maybe a top 5 or 10 accessories you couldn't go to a course without you so quite like that mm. question I am not going up to 5 or 10 person but let's just maybe give them a couple each or something that you've got sneaky in the bag
0: or um Well, currently now, in these testing times, you might have seen it on um, the famous TikTok video that I released, and now I have a plastic rake in my bag, which I didn't think I would have. I got it from my friend Scotty Carey up in Scotland when I went up there to play with him at Trump International. It attaches to the ND club and you can rake the bunker. It's more to rake it so it looks good for filming. I don't know if I played normal golf, would I bother raking it ready for the next person? I probably should do, but... um, So that's something new I have in the bag. What I have to have in the back that's quite different. Uh, batteries. Batteries. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, for Rick's toys. Yeah. <laughs> no more. Uh, I, don't really I don't know. You know was, I'm a bit boring with yeah. that. No, I
1: think
0: for me, I've got my uh, Garmin Z80 approach. Which oh, I sorry. I should have been plugging used, the yeah. plugging the sponsors, really, shouldn't I? Of course I have my Garmin approach, uh, G 80 and You've got a Z82 Z82 now. and... A 62 watch, just in case I definitely, definitely need to know how far I am yeah, away from the options. <laughs> no, I,
1: I do like to have, obviously, it depends on whatever you use, but some kind of distance device stuff definitely helps. I think for me, it sounds obvious, but I like to have obviously enough balls, clearly. I, I like to have copious amounts of teas. I'm one of those people that, well, um, my brother a little while ago bought these massive bags, I think a thousand teas, and because I've oh given God. him loads over the years he gave me a big massive proper just standard white tees just normal long normal yeah, yeah. length so I like to have loads in my bag and I always have about five six in my pocket when I'm playing I don't have to have that many if I run out then I'll kind of replenish my pocket um, I've got actually weirdly I don't know if you remember you gave me Masters Ball Mark when you went to the Masters oh yeah I've got that in my bag and I've nice. also got a Liverpool Football Club one but the, what I like about the Liverpool one is one side's red and one side's black so I'm not that into doing this, I tried to do it safe. I mark red side normally because it's red for Liverpool. Then you ask me to move my marker in your way. I put it to black side. Okay. Then when I go to replace my
0: ball, I won't forget. Oh, that's quite clever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's really clever. Um, I thought you were going to tell me like you mark it red if it's a birdie putt. And no, that's black. No, it's just if you
1: look, if your ball marker's red every time and you go and it's black, you think, why is my ball marker black? Oh, that's going to need to move it back. That's really clever. Actually,
0: um, there you go. Other than that, I'm pretty. Um, no. I think for me, I swap bags too often. Typically, yeah, <laughs> I swap clubs too often. That's what you know. I'm a lot of time I've got my golf bag out on the golf course, it's for filming, so I, I do have, I have loads of titles pro B1 practice golf balls in there. I try and have enough tee pegs, I do all right with tee pegs to be fair. I don't like buying tee pegs, so I'll try and pinch them when I can when I go to like fancy places. Sometimes it walks into American golf and just comes out as pigs to me bags of tees <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think it's my right. I think I should be able to. As the number one podcast in the UK, you should be able to go in there and just. I should I should get free tees.
1: The only time I got a bit concerned it was when you walked out with a TS3 down your pant pocket.
0: <laughs> it's like, why should <laughs> you have with a driver? I shouldn't have to pay. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have to pay for anything. No, I'm joking. But teapegs do hurt I don't like paying for t I I'll be honest, I don't really pay for anything in golf, but <laughs> T-Pegs, I should buy a I really I don't know what it Honestly, is. Honestly, eBay, I know it's a bit of a payment
1: Order a massive bargain that lasts forever. You know, who'd be the best person for this, I actually might message him afterwards, Rob
0: Potter, because I reckon he has got the kitchen sink and his golf bag. He will have but he'll have everything personalised oh yeah <laughs> so we played golf with Rob last week you might have heard on the podcast he even had did he use it but I have seen it his face mask a face yeah, mask personalised that. with Rob Potter golf yeah I mean on
1: brand he's unbelievable that guy so Tom has uh, he has sent a Facebook message sorry as well if you're wondering where these uh, Facebook messages are coming from they're coming from the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group join it's free to do so it's got loads of um, like minded individuals in there. <laughs> and some people even listen to the podcast too. So, um, this is a question that I think he's just got something. He's not quite interpreted it correctly, but I'll let you answer this. Why are the pros so keen on getting the ball past the flag and then getting the ball to spin towards the hole rather than aiming short and letting it run towards the hole when backspin is so predictable? Is it all for show?
0: Oh, I must admit, I do believe there's, there's two things. I think you see on TV more of the shots that land past the flag and spin back yeah. typically highlight reels and super shots and all that and I think the ones that maybe go viral on Instagram and whatever and spinners. are the ones that have the spin but I honestly think if you if you actually watched golf from the, from the base of watching golf a lot of the time they're not putting ridiculous amounts of spin on so that's that's one take on it going back to why people do it I think there's a couple of reasons the golf ball will spin a lot. The cover of a golf ball often spins. That gives the player control. They can change the flight. They can change the shape of the golf shot. And often actually landing it in the green, they do want a bit of the, of the ball to stop fairly quickly. The other factor is greens. So the greens that often these tall players play on are fast. So that that definitely helps with the spin. Often they're receptive as well. You didn't see that in uh, where they played last week in uh, just outside Chicago, um, in the latest playoff, the greens were rock hard. You saw no backspin at, at the golf course there. But if the greens are soft, like the European Tour are playing at Valderrama this week, the greens are normally ridiculously fast there. If they've had a bit of rainfall or watered the greens to make them nice and lush and green. They're a little bit more receptive. You mix that in with club technology, so on Golf Club create spin, the softer ball. And then they'll often, again... You'll see on tour, they'll put pins in locations that are hard to access. So sometimes the pin is very much at the front of the green, with bunkers or water at the front, and really sometimes the only option is to actually fly it beyond the flag, either use the contours to get it back towards the hole, or you know, creating that spin. So there's lots that go into it. But I, I would off, I would honestly say, not every single time as a golfer, a tour pro, trying to make the ball spin backwards. It just sometimes it's, it's the most effective way to get the ball closer to the hole. Yeah. The only thing I'd add to that,
1: and you basically cover everything, is the fact that it's not actually a lot of time the players are wanting spin. It's the fact that they hit it that hard and how much balls do they get spin, yeah. you have to allow for it. And also, now that the goal's in it that far, they're approaching so many greens with a mid-iron or less that those clubs spin a lot. If you ever watch it go, if you ever watch them go for a par five in two and hit a three, then clearly the land it shown it rolls on. So, as far as it hits it so far? So yeah. much speed, it just just spin. Like, what does your wedge spin at? Like eleven thousand? Yeah,
0: PM. yeah. So, like, so is it gonna spin backwards? Yeah, is it is. It's just you know, spin. The way a ball is designed, the way it aerodynamically moves through the air, it needs and requires backspin. Even a driver shot requires backspin. Um, so, the way that the the ball, and again, soft covered golf balls, players won't feel around the green. Soft covered golf balls will typically spin more. So, yeah, there's lots of. Co- contributions to it lots of uh, reasons why but I will honestly next time you watch professional golf not every single player is trying to spin it back like crazy um, and also shots out of the rough and things like that players don't get as yeah. much spin out of the rough so um, it, it, it totally depends Mark
1: Clifford asks what's next for Rick Shield brand now you've got the most popular golf podcast thanks Mark
0: a million subs and a successful coaching business where next Ooh, great question um, it, it's to continue to innovate and evolve I think the thing that we've always been really excited to do certainly when Guy joined the team three years ago was to continue to evolve and to make the best content and to also still provide an amazing service which entertains and educates golfers around the world so obviously milestones are great to hit even just recently yesterday we hit 100,000 Twitter followers Mm -hmm. which has obviously taken 10 years to achieve Um, but the reason why we've done that is because we've actually now started to focus my attention more on Twitter, asking really important questions, getting a better engagement level. So with regards to growth, it's continuing on the trajectory that we're going for. There's always new and exciting things around the corner. I have got long-term ambitions um to where the channel wants to be and everything else, but at the moment it's just continuing to evolve and make the best content um that you guys just love and like I say anytime a new social media comes out we try and jump on that try and evolve our platform for that social media and even doing the podcast I mean we have started this end of last year and we've absolutely been loving it this is episode number 37 I think um, so, and, and it's again involving that bringing new people into it we've got some really cool collaborations coming up We should have had more collaborations the last month, but annoyingly because of weather, we've had to cancel a few. John Robbins last week, we were going to film, but we didn't get a chance, but we want to do one again in the future. Um, So yeah, it's evolving. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, no, that
1: you covered a lot very well. You half sounded like them, you knew you were talking about Rick. So, um, <laughs> Daniel Shuttleworth has asked a question to me actually. Um, and it, it's, it's an important one. Said, Hi, guy, we're making a I video. I guess it's about driving? Yeah, we're making a video how to out drive Rick. So, in answer to your question, Daniel, I'm not going to do that, but what I will do is give you some really simple tips that everyone listening can do. So, if you want to out drive Rick, um, you've got to run three to four 5k runs a week at a medium pace. Right? It doesn't have to be too strenuous. Let's go for 25, 26, 27 minutes, okay? You need to have one can of sugar-free monster per day. No more than that. I've realised I had a problem. But one a day. <laughs> um, keeps the doctor away, as they say. That was a lot of rhyming. Yeah. Um, and the final um, trick to out-driving Rick, um, what,
0: what could it be? don't know 130 miles per hour for yeah, speed yeah I have a bit of speed as well, you know, you can't that. <laughs> well anyway good luck with that
1: mate try and get to my speed am no, joking um, oh this is quite a good one actually it's from RJ is it true his name is I think but anyway it says um, i think this quite a lot last night if you had to get rid of one club from your bag for good and never replace it with a different club what would it be and why so I think he means for example get rid of your driver
0: you can never have a driver again Okay. get rid of your putter obviously you can never have a putter again and this is a weird one for me. I'd probably get rid of my three wood. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. as much as I love my three wood and it's the longest serving club in my bag, it's probably my longest serving club in my bag because I never use it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like it doesn't need swapping to get it very Yeah,
0: often. if it was a club I used a lot, I would have probably been tempted to swap it for something else. But I hardly ever use it. It does what I need it to do when I use it to some degree, um, and and because I don't use it that often, I would possibly uh, get rid of that.
1: Very good. Yeah, for me. Possibly it would be three wood, but the only reason I wouldn't do is because my driving is so bad. I do find it in the three wood quite well, which shouldn't really make too much sense. I think it's just a shorter shaft, a bit more loft. It's just a confidence thing. For me, I get rid of four iron. Just don't use it. Just don't use a four. I feel like a four iron's a weird club because hitting off a tee, I'd use a two iron if I want to, hit, you know, like a safe shot. It, you know, there's not that there is a few. There's not that many long par threes which can be four iron. And then it's like, in into a green, again, it's going to be a long par four. I just, I'm really trying to smash a, a five or hit a soft three. I just think a four iron's will then look like, you would never get a seven clearly because you've got shots of just a seven nine
0: distance. But I think four iron for me could actually go. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think we've discussed it as well. I think what I need to do next, because I have a gap between my, I don't have a three iron basically, so I have a two iron and a four iron. I think I'm going to get a different two iron, maybe like a three iron, but slightly stronger because again I don't I use my two iron right nicely but I think it gets too close to my three wood yeah. which then again probably stops me from using my three wood too much yeah um, we have a, a lighter
1: one from Ian Jacobs what's your favourite takeaway food mm.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I'm just trying to think now if someone literally said you can only have one takeaway for the rest of the year what would I choose I'd probably go Indian. Yes. Yeah. Is that the right answer? I think it is the right answer. I'm not a massive <laughs> Chinese fan.
1: I like a pizza, but equally, I can buy one from Tesco for four quid and lash it in the yeah. oven. It's the same kind of vibe. Indian is just... The only thing with Indian is I don't actually do the night. I very rarely have an Indian. Sorry that you're into a golf podcast, but uh, it's also takeaway food. But I had Indian the other day, first time in like two or three months, I think it is. And I really looked forward to it. I
0: enjoyed it. But after about five mouthfuls, I get really full. I do. So it's kind of like, the excitement's always better than the actual... Oh, way better. Picking it up, yeah. getting the doms, having a cheeky pie in the Indian before you pay on a, it's probably not something you do. <laughs> I, always, I always tell my wife she doesn't listen to the podcast, luckily. Um, my mum my mum started listening though. I should. She said she really enjoyed it last week. Did she really? Yeah. Um Is she like me? Uh, she did. Yeah. She, said, she said that guy I'd read on the podcast was really good. What's he called? John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She only only listened to one episode so far. And then she rang me in length and we probably spoke for the longest time we've probably ever spoken on the phone in the last year. And it was about the podcast. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I'll always tell the missus that, oh yeah, they said said half an hour and I'll go with like a half an hour knowing full well it's not ready yet and I'll say to them is it ready and they'll go yeah it's ready I've I'll, I'll just keep it five minutes I'll have a pint just, Rick, you, you drove to the Indian but you came back in a taxi and staggered out <laughs> 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 no i it wasn't ready <laughs> yeah and I always tell them, if, if she does say have you had a beer i say oh yeah they threw it in with the meal it's not a paid for it but <laughs> anyway I'm sure a lot of other a lot of other uh, like-minded Indian picker-uppers do the same
1: so I think that is probably it for the Facebook questions. There were some other really good ones, but I think it's only fair we answer a couple that we have emailed in as well, because we do appreciate the emails. And this is a really good one. I want to hear your take on, Rick. Go for and it. And then should we come on to your little
0: story? Like desperate about, to yeah, come on to that. Let's just do that. I think everyone listening needs, they need a conclusion to the cheating scandal okay. from last week. Um, right. So
1: this is from Phil Vidler and the reason that he got my attention again was the title so it said podcast question are my balls okay so he knew what he was doing
0: Um, he says love everything you're doing so please keep it up Uh, (laughs) I love how you opened that straight away (laughs) the email oh yeah (laughs) it's like are my balls okay you're like I need a bit of
1: this (laughs) need to know if Phil's balls are okay Um, I didn't see an option to post questions on the podcast Instagram so put an email instead Um, well that's fine you can just hit the little button that says email and come straight through which I think he's done I have a question on when is the right time to swap to a premium ball? I joined a golf club for the first time in 10 years at the start of lockdown, and I've managed to get my handicap from 28 to 18 in the last few months, with a single digits being the target. Very well done, Phil. Uh, based on reviews and Rick's comments, i currently used the stricts of AD333, and on average, there's between zero and two balls around. At uh, what handicap do you think it makes enough difference to step up to a Pro V1 or other premium balls?
0: It's a great question. I. This is something I heard from Titleist, the brand. So I went on a ball-fitting exercise a few years ago, and they said every player in the world should use Pro V1 or Pro V1X. So they think that ball is that good that every player in the world would benefit from using that ball. So I said, okay, well, why do you make the other balls? Then they said, well, not everybody Wants to pay premium price for a Pro V1. They lose too many golf balls around, whatever it may be. So we have other options that have different materials or whatever it be that still perform well, but from a different price point. So if I follow that idea, if was it Phil? Did you say his name was? So if Phil thought his golf was improving, he's now only losing zero to two balls around, which is very precise. and he doesn't mind spending because that's going to cost him between zero and seven pound around on golf balls. If he doesn't mind losing that, then it's worth stepping up to a pro V one. However, if he wants to lose two balls around and lose only that only costs him four pound, let's say mm-hmm. he should continue to do that. So I think it's a it's it's an interesting one. I do believe pre- premium golf balls ideally should be used because they are a better material. More research goes into it, et cetera et cetera. Um, but again, it goes back to the idea, if you don't mind spending money on a golf ball, um, because you, uh, two's not too bad. I think I would probably do it off two balls. If you said I'm losing five balls around, then no way you should you be using Pro V1s, really. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think I've said this this little anecdote before on the podcast, but
1: obviously I prefer to use like a Pro V1 or a TP5 or ZSI. You know, The premium ball for many of the big brands is what I would use and what I feel like I should use off the handicap I played to, whatever. But um, Abby, I think, again, I've said this before, but Abby's mum, about two years ago, gave me two dozen, I think it was DT solo tightlists or PTS solo, whatever they're called, the, like, the, the mid-range, I don't even know if they still make them now, the mid-range balls. I think, weirdly, she got them because a person from her work was leaving and he had some balls in his desk, he wasn't a big golfer. He said, oh, does anyone not want to leave golf. But a bit of a weird story, but whatever. They ended up in my possession. Two dozen balls. Now, obviously, I've grateful but I thought I'm not really going to use these but one day I went out with my friends at my old course and used these balls and actually had the best round I probably ever shot at that course shot 300 par gross playing with a DT solo and it got me thinking it's like it didn't feel as good as a pro v one didn't feel good off the putter but yeah the proof's in the pudding so it's part of it is snobbery and I admit I'm a bit of a snobber when to golf balls
0: yeah no, I totally agree I think it's very much snobbery and like you say, I think we've used this uh, analogy a little bit as well. If you turn up to a golf day and yeah. you've got a nice little goodie bag and there was three golf balls in the bag, you want them to be Pro v 100%. That's like, when you yeah. go and te- text a friend. I don't, I'd almost text a friend and say, I've got three Pro Vs today. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's like, why, like, even when we did the YouTube Golf Day last year, like, it was a main thing for me. I wanted every player to play in it and open the goodie bag and there'd be three Pro V1s in there. Yeah. That was actually it was a six. six. There was
1: three with the golf
0: day logo yeah, yeah. your prostate cancer logo there you go I think we spent too much on that <laughs> um, but yeah like that's that's a, a, a sign of yeah this is the best golf ball in golf and it, it like I say it's I don't I think there are different golf balls now you might have seen the video I did recently the, the Vice Golf Ball what a golf ball like really good I like the branding I think it's very cool I didn't think the performance would be as good as it was and it was and you know, I'm like, very impressed and they're you know £30 a dozen um, it's a it is a minefield yeah. to some degree, and I'd love to answer your question with one definitive option, Phil. But I think as long as you feel comfortable, if you're losing two balls around, if you're going to be comfortable losing seven pound around, because you think that ball feels better, looks better, gives you the confidence that you want to play better golf, go for it. However, if there are other options out there that's cheaper, I would also look at those options. Not everything has to be premium and not everything has to be on performance very very true um right then rick the floor is yours wow well where do we start i'm just gonna sit back and, right. and enjoy the ride either. right so last week you'd have heard the podcast where me john guy rob potter played in the charity golf day at a local golf club just up the road here from guy's Barrington hall and just a second can't name any names actually. I don't know if you know any of the name, but like, no names need to be mentioned oh, I was going to no uh, you <laughs> the legal reasons yeah that's just I was going to do because I think it's scandalous yeah um, so we played in a fantastic, really good charity golf day organised by Robbie Chisnell who used to be Carly Booth's caddy for and in, in honour of Chris Crabtree so Carbury, uh, sorry Carberry and you know amazing the fact that he ran a charity golf day to raise money. We entered the team. I put a prize up for nearest pin, you know, really good. And like I say, we played nicely, 91 yeah. points. And you might have heard on the podcast last week, we you know, we were licking our wounds a little bit because we lost by twenty-one
1: points. Yeah, and just to clarify, we weren't licking our wounds because if we lost, we happily <laughs> would lose. As strange that sound, but it was the 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 number that we lost by By twenty-one points. Let's yeah. be I know it sounds silly. Let's just imagine it was singles. Let's say you're playing stale and get 30, 40 points, 39 points. You think, oh, I could have a chance today i someone comes with
0: 52. Like, it's that much of a difference, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. So the podcast reached many a corner last week. Um, first, I've got an email from one of the members of the team um, who wasn't massively impressed that I was calling his team Chiefs. Uh, which is quite ironic because that turned out to be the person who might have been cheated. Um, The organiser then the next day emailed me or messaged me saying, this is Robbie, messaged me saying, listen, Rick, I've listened to your podcast and I thought, you know what, I've got to look into this team because you are right, 112 points. Weirdly, I don't know why it ended up coming 109 points, I think you said, in the end. Uh, yeah, I know why, but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, leave that for now. So let's, let's call it 109 points, I think it was in the end. So this Robbie thought, you know what, I, I need to quiz this because it, it is a ridiculous score and I didn't think much of it, but after listening to the podcast, I needed to figure something out. So Robbie rang the members of the team and he said to the team, three of the guys that he knew, you know, how did you play? You must have played really well to shoot 109 and they were off 20 odd handicaps and, you know, one of them said, oh, I played all right. I didn't play great. He said, well, on the scorecard here, you're down for 10 pars." Mm. And the guy on the phone who said, well, I didn't have 10 pars yesterday. <laughs> he went, "All oh, right, Why is that on the scorecard? No idea. Rang the next person. I, whatever. I believe he played well yesterday. He went, uh, not really. I didn't play great oh, right, uh, round here, you got five pars in a row. I didn't have five pars in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, it says on the scorecard you did. Anyway, next person brings up, say a similar story. So Robbie was like, well, hold on. How is this happening? How are these guys saying that they didn't play that well? How is there now scores on the scorecard that are much lower? So he rang the last person, and the last person kind of said that he might have put the scores down wrong on the card, but quite badly put on the on the cards. Either way, cheating took place and I think it was really bad for a charity golf day. So Robbie, who organised it, felt quite like, I don't know, embarrassed to some degree. He felt quite, you know, um, just not nice. It's not a nice feeling. So he had to go around to each of the individuals' houses, pick up the prizes. So He had to pick up the, I think it was a golf bag that they all won and give it to second team. He disqualified the first team for, for, putting the wrong scores in what was sad about that is three of the guys in the team didn't know they put the wrong scores in let's say because one guy typically in a format like that does all the scorecards and it was that one particular guy who emailed me not happy that I called his team a golf Mm -hmm. cheat but it seemed like it was him himself who was potentially fudging the numbers a little bit so either way I feel somewhat happy that we, we we really went hard on it last week and I think them. it was it was it was more the fact that it was a charity day. I think yeah.
1: you know you, you go to a charity day, and it also would have been the, the first one in in memory of Chris as well. You, you go to a charity day to to firstly to have fun, remember the per well, firstly to raise money for so whatever the cause may be, to, to have fun, and um, also you know if, if there's family members in attendance of, of the person who it's in memory of, to kind of let them see how many people that person reached, and, yeah. and have some, you know, for them, to, I know it's not going to make anything any better, but to have some um, some smiles and some fun, and, and, you know, if you can, and I think to have people then cheat for the sake of a prize, or allegedly cheat, you know, whatever it might be, cheat, <laughs> but for a, for a prize, it's a bit, it is a bit low, but...
0: Yeah, so it's re- I think it's really bad. I think, like I say, I'm glad that last week we really went out on the limb and I called them because to do that score, cheating, whichever way it would have happened, whether it was false handicaps, whether it was um, writing the wrong scores down or, you know, giving gimmies or whatever it may be, there was some cheating there that got them to 112 points. Either way, I'm glad things got rectified. I'm glad that team got disqualified, which is a shame cause I don't think three of the guys massively knew what was going on. They were just walking home with a golf bag after not playing that well, thinking, have I won? Have I won today? But either way, I think it's a bit naughty and I'm glad Robbie's got it sorted. Um and I'm glad second place got their bags. Um we'll have to investigate that team next. <laughs> Rick Shields investigates. How far do we have to get down before we win? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if you beat us, it's proved you're cheap. Um, so,
0: <laughs> on that
1: note, we've got a nice... I think we, we're going to start this every week at the start of the podcast, like a nice news or nice email. Yes. Um. Obviously, this isn't the start of the podcast, which i Adam Jones. And I've actually... Because it was quite um, heartfelt, to be like. I actually messaged him back to say, are we okay to do this email out? And he said, yes, that's great. So... Um, titled it Appreciation Email, which has got me attention. And then book Hi Guy and Rich, also got me attention. Uh, love the podcast and follow all your socials that provide endless entertainment, given today's world problems. I know you would get endless emails. I would like to share one with what the Rich Shields channel has done for me over the past 12 months. I returned to golf after a seven-year absence. I'm now 26. After randomly stumbling across the Golf of the Challenges uh, series on YouTube that I absolutely love after sitting and watching these videos for hours i then hit my dad up for around our old local course for the first time in seven years so straight away you're thinking that's cool how like he has watched the video got in touch with his dad well messaged his dad or whatever rung his dad and then gone and played golf yeah, with him so cool, that's cool um, I dusted off the clubs and went around in 94 and was absolutely chuffed with that which is to be fair after seven years is decent kept watching the Rick Shields YouTube channel uh, watching tips etc to where I was confident enough to join my own club as a member old club as a member this couldn't have come at better times. It gave me a chance to forget about what was going on in my personal life. I had pretty bad depression and anxiety, um, as well as losing my grandfather to a five-week battle of severely aggressive bone, stomach and brain cancer. So it's obviously a terrible time there for, for Adam. Um, he was my best mate and it shook my family hard. But I always knew that a round of golf was always my way of escaping reality. Fast forward to now, I I cut have dial for seven handicap, and we're using a new handicap system here in Australia. Um, and I've completely transformed my golf by simply following the channel and putting into practice what you teach I personally would love to love to let you know Rick That uh, sorry I'd personally have to thank you Rick for the escape that your channel has allowed me to have over the past 12 months as well as dropping my handicap and allowing me to have um, like better mental it didn't quite make sense but allowing me to have a better good brain but I know what he means Um, I wish you guys a great rest of the year and
0: keep up the good work as you never know, exactly who you're helping out in what way. Wow. That was a really lovely email, wasn't it? Adam, thank you so much. Thanks for the email. It's, it's amazing, like I say, hearing everything you're going through that we can hopefully take your mind off it, get you back into golf. And thank you so much for the email. It's really appreciated. And uh, it's a nice, a lovely, lovely story. 100%. I think, I know I'm sure people know sometimes, jest about numbers and things like that. People, I saw a
1: comment on, video on, on your Instagram, Rick. Someone said, oh, I love the podcast, Rick. But, you know, stop talking about numbers and figures. And we do do it with, with a bit of tongue-in-cheek because we know the people listening to this know that we just joke about and we do appreciate and know you do Rick everyone that listens and, and certainly watches the videos but those kind of emails I know it sounds a bit corny but they do make it worthwhile we're just sat here chilling in a podcast people actually listen to it and you forget sometimes and, and some of the videos we film and, and we know that we obviously and Rick was a lot of effort into them but when they actually get people inspired to take up the game and bring his dad and go out for a game of golf, like you forget that, don't you? Like yeah, it's the best. It so, really is. You do appreciate those emails,
0: and it's uh, and it's. they funny with the with the podcast as well because I listened to something the other day when anybody stops us and complimented you on the podcast. It's like, oh, you like it? It's like yeah. because in a weird way with the podcast, there's no instant feedback. Um, like with the videos, there's comments, there's likes. There's, with the podcast, it's like we record it. We upload it and it's kind of just out. Yeah. You know, there's no massive feedback, so any emails that you send, nice messages like that, are definitely appreciated, and it means that we're not sat here 50 uh, odd minutes uh, just chit-chatting for no reason. So we've got a couple of things to fire through, Rick. Should we do that. Are we, are we thinking we should get to what are we are now? 51. Should we get to an hour? Let's do it.
1: Right. So another question for you, then, Rick. And Mark wants to hear your expert opinion. Imagine if someone's just arrived at work now and they're like, "Damn, I know it's going to be that the last section is always the best." <laughs> You can like catch this up at lunch. This is a dessert. So, um, Mark Styles has asked us. I'm um, very much beginner at golf. Took it up mainly to occasionally play with my father in law and a few mates. However, during lockdown, I've become increasingly more interested in the sport, thanks to rich content and other channels, which, um, such as Bad Golf and his Tubes. So, fair dues, good channels there that he likes. Having um, felt my driving game would benefit from an upgrade, I purchased a Ben Ross V5 for about 30 quid on eBay. However, on the last nine-hole round, I noticed a crack across the driver, um, and it's actually broken, I think. So now he's saying, I like how he's given some options. He said, I was wondering what you guys would do, okay? So A, go to eBay and buy a cheap second hand again. Okay. B, go to a retailer, e.g., American Golf, whatever, and buy a used club. C, go all out and buy brand new or D (laughs) this is a trying as look email the most popular golf podcast (laughs) and hopefully hook you up with a driver Um, bracket's just joking so what we say A, B or C Um,
0: it's hard isn't it it's budget isn't it yeah it is because let's say so he spent 30 quid on that one from eBay yeah he's probably now going to branch out and spend a bit more you'd imagine let's say up to a 100 pounds let's say let's say for round figures now got he's going to go like i'm going to step it up i'm going to go to 100 pound if you were to buy brand new for 100 pound you're not going to get anything you're going to get a golf club yes you'd, you'd easily be able to go to sports direct yeah so you might have seen that's where you go in a video yeah, that man. i've done in the past where we bought a 20 pound driver and yet you can buy a driver for 20 pound yes but you can also buy one for 100 pound Brand new from Sport Direct. I think, to be honest, that would be on the meter. I don't think they've got anything for £100 brand new in American Golf Well, like, what was that RBZ Black that we tested? It was that £120. Yeah, still. So, but that, again, it was a nice driver, don't get me wrong, but for £100 now, you can definitely buy, like, for me, if I was looking for that, I'd buy a really classic... i got my headphones off. I'd buy a really classic Ping... G5 driver let's yeah, that's say that's what I was thinking of that's like PING G5 driver it's been around for a while now probably 10 years in fact would it have been longer G5 um, G5 came out think, in 2008 so like 12 years old you can still pick them up online you can get them from like Golfbidder or Ebay or whatever and they're really reliable drivers. You're going to get a really good quality the right material. R&D's gone into it, everything. And you can spend £100. Oh, 2005, that was my bad. I actually thought that, but I thought that's too long ago. Only...
1: That, that does feel to I remember going and getting fitted for one when I was driving, and I wasn't driving at that. Anyway, it must have been. G5. I'm in a G10. That's my bad. Yeah, I'm G10. Sorry, so G5. I'm
0: thinking G5. Yeah. Like, I'm, that might I'm be too old, I must admit. G5 might Let's be too old. Let's go G10 then. G10. Like... 10 years old and it's you know it's one of those drivers that you just know you're going to get a good driver loads of research R&D it's been tested it's been proven it's won tournaments out on tour not that that makes a massive difference you can't get fitted for it yes but to be honest at around £100 I don't think you can get fitted for anything if I'm honest then going back to your next option do I buy something brand new like say you've really got to I mean what would be the cheapest quality driver what brand new Cobra £350. Um, pound. Well, you no, know, you might get some po- sales on last year's products, yeah. There's so maybe there's, there's, 250. There's possibly some kind
1: of brands that specialize in more budget equipment, if you like. It's just how does the performance of that measure up to something that's three years old? It's still, I feel, I feel places like Clubhouse Golf are quite good for having, like, you might
0: get like, um a Cobra F8 for example yeah. for 160 quid they've got loads of I stock say. left and they're just trying to get shut of yeah. it and you could still get fitted for a brand new if they've got options you might not get loads of options but you might be able to get dialed in with loft and weights and everything else uh, so it, it, there's no right and wrong to be honest it's all budget isn't it it's That's all that's, about
1: budget I've had loads of friends start golf recently which I made up about I'll say loads. Three or four. Listen so that's, to the Rich load, Show podcast. Yeah, well, three or four friends to me is loads. I've only got seven. <laughs> I'm joking. Loads. And I've definitely got loads. Um, but when people ask me what clubs should you get, or what, but the first question I always ask, I don't mean to sound rude or intrusive, but how much do you want to spend? Because if yeah. you've, let's just say you've had a bonus from work or you've won or a couple hundred quid on a lot, whatever it might be, and you want to spend two and a half grand, you could go out and get literally everything, Ping or Callaway or yeah. whatever, fit it up and have them for 10, 15, 20, well, forever if you wanted to. If, however, you want to spend 500 quid, which is a lot of money still, yeah. then you might be better going for either something like the Costco Callaway set or really getting something old but good. But you need advice off friends for that or something because no, for 500 quid, if, if you gave me 500 quid now and said get a good package, a good starter set for somebody, I'd go on golf bit or go on eBay bed find some quite chunky old ping guy. Well, it's like the golf the challenge that exactly, was done. Exactly. Literally exactly the same. But well, imagine a, a golf novice walking
0: into a shop of like golf and 500. No you idea. Wouldn't have a clue. You'd like to think you could pick up the phone because they have a, a HQ golf bidder and, and get some advice but I don't know if they offer that service. Um, yeah. I'll it, it, tell you what, it'd be a business. Mm. <laughs> it could be a business where you literally give golf club advice. But I don't know how how much money you'd then be able to charge on could top do, of that. You could email
1: podcastovituals.com. <laughs> you can get a
0: half-hearted answer. Half-hearted
1: answer. Or you could send me direct PayPal of 15 and I will give you advice on what to buy. There you go. <laughs> um, i sure not do that. But do your emails with your question. we will we'll be get like $15.99 to cheap. We'll go higher. Yeah, right. Okay. Then lastly, I think, Rich, let's end it on this. We haven't had any real... We've had a couple of emails in the list of the week, but they were quite late. Listener of the week is, I'm sure you guys know already, but if you're new to the show, it's where we give someone a shout out who is a hardcore fan of the podcast section. And Listener of the week has got several criteria, which Rick knows well and Rick thinks is great. You have to email a podcast. (laughs) What's what's the the email address, Rick? (laughs) Podcast at rickshield.com. Exactly. You have got to start the email with... Hi... Guy and Rick Of course you have <laughs> And then you've got to Subscribe to Rick Or follow on like Every platform So we're talking The usuals The instas The tiktoks Potentially if you've got Tiktoks, TikToks Not essential true. But your Facebooks, Your youtube Obviously Everything that you're on Like we don't necessarily Expect to start an account On twitter let's say To follow Rick you, you don't have, you have to, to Follow me on like
0: LinkedIn or anything
1: But if you do It gets, it does, it gets absolutely absolutely <laughs> The more the merrier Essentially So if you follow On every single platform You will get listening of the week It's that simple well, this week we were clutched at straws. Really, we didn't, really we didn't really have anyone to send to email. I'll be honest. So we did a little thing on the Instagram page last night, which is at the Rick Shields Golf Show, and said if you share this post onto your own feed, we will pick someone to be listener of the week. And we have picked. Um, bear with me. Da-da-da-da. I've lost him already. One sec. I've just had his name up and everything, then I've lost it. Ryan Travis. There you go, Ryan. So, Ryan, I'm sorry that you can get a better um, kind of intro than that, as I forgot your name I was, as I doing it. That's my bad. It's Ryan, and you know why he got it as well, right Did you see this? So, not only did he screenshot the post, we just did like a little post of the, of the podcast on Apple, and he reposted it, and then dead, dead small, like really, really small, you just put guy plus 12 yards. <laughs> like dead small which is weirdly why I liked it more no, you have to, to see it I'll send you in a minute um, what was his name again Ryan Ryan Travis so he, but his, his actual app name um, I'll just show you I'm now I'm trying to look for it I've just logged in have you logged but, in you should find it um, that's funny
0: we'll share should we share it on to the Richard podcast yeah I'll got it now and I'll do a little circle around his guy 12 yards. Points, so that's absolutely. quite cool. That's so good. And we'll share it. So if you want to see that, that, that hilarious fact that guy hits it minimum 12 yards past me, though, go and check out the uh, Rich Shields podcast uh, Instagram. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast this week. It's been a great episode. We've been action packed. It's great that in, investigator Shields has been sniffing out potential uh, golf cheats and uh, I'm glad you've enjoyed the show, everybody. Stay tuned, lots more to come. Uh, you've got to watch the video that I do with Leo. I think it's going to be amazing. He is such a character. Make sure you go and follow him on his Instagram as, as well. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me in your home. No problem. You can put your shoes on now, right? No, <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> I felt bad after a while. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace out. Bye.